When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. And welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. We are kicking off our final week of our horror celebration. It's so weird saying final week because I swear it feels like I just started this yesterday. And it's so sad because I'm no longer binging horror movies in preparation for the podcast. I like the stuff I've moved on to, but it's still sad to me. So I'm, I'm going to, I always miss this month when it's gone, which I know, I mean, if I had time, I would start a horror podcast, I think, just because I love the genre so much. But we are kicking it off with a series, a franchise that I know people are very mixed on, and that's The Purge. I've mentioned before, this is probably my guilty pleasure franchise, although I think the television series is actually incredibly well done. So I don't feel as guilty. And of course, like we've mentioned in our Guilty um, guilty Pleasures episode like a year or so ago, you should never feel guilty about the stuff that you call Guilty Pleasures, in my opinion, as long as it's not hurting anybody. What does it matter? So, but I just, you know, I just still say, say Guilty Pleasure with this one because I know people trashing it. And, and I understand that. I understand. Uh, but if you don't know what The Purge is, The Purge is an American anthology media franchise centered on a series of dystopian action horror films distributed by Universal Pictures and produced by Blumhouse Productions and Platinum Dunes, which are written and in some cases also directed by James DeMonico, um, who was inspired by a Star Trek, the original series episode, The Return of the Archons. But this episode was about uh, the crew of the Enterprise visit a seemingly peaceful planet whose inhabitants are of are quote-unquote of the body controlled by an unseen ruler and enjoy a night of violence during festival is how they refer to it in that uh, the films present a seemingly normal crime-free america in the near future however the country is a dystopia which celebrates the annual national holiday known as the purge a day in which all crime including murder becomes decriminalized for a 12-hour period i was trying to do the voice of the woman who comes over Uh, And The Purge, of course, has five movies. The Purge, which was the original one in 2013. The Purge Anarchy the following year. The Purge Election Year in 2016. The First Purge in 2018. And The Forever Purge that came out last year. I will say, even though I love this, these movies, 
the purge the forever purge was the first one i ever saw in the theater i saw it actually with susie one of my panelists the franchise has received a mixed critical reception mainly for the screenwriting and cliched stories but was praised for the concept acting style and action sequences the franchise has grossed over 450 million dollars against a combined production budget of 53 million dollars see this is why horror is a big thing horror is very cheap usually to make and you can make a buttload of money on it so yes and like i said there was the television series the purge that aired on usa from 2018 to 2019 so only two seasons and we will be getting into that one a little bit both of my panelists have not seen both seasons so i don't want to spoil too much especially about the second season but i do still wish we could have gotten a third season but before we jump into all things Purge and decide if we think the Purge could actually happen in the United States, I want to go around and ask my two amazing panelists who are returning from our Final Destination episode what they are into right now. So, Kimberly, from Big Reputations Pod, sorry. Yes. So, right now, I, I was into, like, all things horror, but, like, I have to get back to work. So um, right now I'm researching for an upcoming episode of Big Reputations. We're going to cover Eartha Kitt. So I'm kind of just like watching all her performances and like some Batman themes. And she's like really striking to watch. So I've just kind of fallen down a rabbit hole where I'm just watching videos and I'm like, I need to start writing, but I'm just watching videos of Eartha Kitt. That's what I'm into <laughs> right now. Yeah, she was she's a, a great, great Catwoman. Catwoman is one of my favorite character is actually my favorite character in the Batman universe period. I mean, just absolutely. And and that's a superhero, in my opinion. Catwoman is a superhero. <laughs> always will be. And I always ship Catwoman and Batman forever and ever. <laughs> Susie? So within the last like week or so, I've been able to catch up on Dairy Girls in its final season. And oh my gosh, it's such a great like comedic slice of life show of just these these these. Irish teenagers in Derry just absolutely taking the piss. They are so freaking funny, all of these girls. And I did not expect it, and I'm really mad that it happened. But the last episode of the season <laughs> made me cry. And I was, Aww. and it's funny. It's funny because I was sewing on an industrial machine. And one thing you don't want to do on those machines is get distracted. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's very easy to to maim something if you are so I'm sitting there and I'm like through my tears I'm just I'm not even like looking at it I'm just hearing it and mm -hmm. like with the music and the acting and I'm crying and I'm like god damn it I didn't expect this to happen not on this and I'm like okay let me take a moment collect myself turn the machine off so I don't take off any parts but oh like that last season is really good and I definitely recommend folks to take a peek at it and check it out and like the whole series as well it's very good yeah that's what i've heard i've never watched it but i've heard that i know it's been recommended before on the podcast from other people so maybe someday someday we'll cover it that's how i will end up watching it that's how i end up watching most things now so we'll see uh well what i'm into and i i know this movie is very divisive right now and I, I understand why uh, but I actually really liked Halloween ends I really liked the choices they made I liked the twist 
I understand, though, why people wouldn't like it. I totally get it. But I loved that they did something unexpected, and I do like the way it ends. I do want to say, though, since we're a fandom podcast, to the Halloween fandom out there that is sending death threats to the actors, replying that they've ruined everything for you because you hate the movie, to the people that decided it would be a great idea to start a petition saying we want this whole thing reshot because you've ruined this for us. Grow up or, you know, not even grow up, just, you know what? <sighs> I understand. I, like everyone knows, I collect Michael Myers stuff. Halloween is my favorite horror film, the original 1978. I understand being upset, but you know what? Get over it. <laughs> Stop acting so flippant entitled. It's so aggravating to me. So I just wanted to get that out there because it really pisses me off. And how dare you come for Jamie Lee Curtis like that? That's so ludicrous. So, yeah, I mean, because if she stops doing social media or anything like that, because of all of you out there that are doing this, oh, I will be really pissed. I didn't oh. know about this. Yeah. These death threats. Like, I saw it. I It felt like two movies, but I liked it. But I also am a very big fan of the whole franchise. And I saw Jamie Lee Curtis do an interview at Comic-Con before the last movie came out. Mm -hmm. And her love for it. And she, like, co-signed this movie. So I was like, if Jamie likes it, I love it. Like, I'm here for it. If you don't like it, you can just watch the original one. You know, just go back and, like, make up your own mind. Like, that seems crazy that people are sending death threats. Like, I think they did a very interesting, compelling story. Like, I really like the, the new character they introduced. Like, I don't, that's crazy to me that people, people surprise me every day, but they shouldn't. Death threats? That seems so crazy. Like, that seems so, and you're, I love Jamie Lee Curtis on social media. And if mm -hmm. she goes away because people are being mean, like, that's going to make me very sad. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's, hasn't been a hint of that at all, but I wouldn't blame her if she, like, every time she posts anything, there's comments in there that, you know, I think some of them are very mundane, but a lot of them are like, I can't believe you signed off on this. How could you sign off on this? How could you betray us like this? And I also want to say, you know, Halloween is known for Halloween has so many different timelines. So if you don't like this timeline, go for the other timeline. You can do the H2O one. You can do the Thorn timeline is what the other one is called. You can do. Uh, you can I, go I and do the Rob Zombie. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I, I don't know. like that one, but <laughs> <laughs> but you but can like, do there that are people one. who love them. So like, go do that one. That'll, that works. Yes. And you know, eventually this is going to be rebooted again and done again. I mean, because, you know, it just is, even though this one is really not making a lot very good money. It like is down 80% this week from last week in its box office, which is pretty bad. Yes, it could be the streaming part, but I think it's also the word of mouth. So, but I don't know. I, I liked it. And, you know, everyone knows what a big fan I am of this. And, and Kimberly liked it. So, you know, she's a big fan too. But anyway, just, you know, get over yourselves. That's all I want to say. <laughs> Stop being toxic. Uh, okay, let's get back into The Purge. So what I first want to know, Kimberly, and also just if anyone doesn't know, we, we will probably be talking a lot, just a trigger warning here. A little bit later on, we're going to talk about uh, what this film is talking about with as far as social issues, social constructs, and with racism and classism and that stuff. So just in case, and I don't know if anything will come up having to do with sexual assault or sexism or anything like that, but I just wanted to give a tri quick trigger warning on that. 
So Kimberly, what are your overall thoughts on the concept of the purge? I think it's terrifying. Like it's absolutely terrifying. I think that it's illogical that crime would go down forever because one night everybody got it all out of their system. Like that doesn't make sense. It's like binging and purging for society. And then I was like, oh, is that how they got the name? The purge? Because it's like a binge and purge. But Mm -hmm. from a cinematic standpoint, I really do like you have like 12 hours. You have to tell this story. There has to be a conclusion this is what's good. Like, what can you get done within these 12 hours? And like, like you said, like horror films are cheap. Like they could film this anywhere because it's all of America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. The filming anywhere. Yep. Yep. And Susie, your overall thoughts on the concept. I think it is absolutely something that's just like really scary. <laughs> like I, like I completely agree with Kimberly because like it's, and we'll, I th- we'll get more into this. Um, further down the line but it is some it is it's it's just bad because people will like take any excuse to be bad and just be like oh I'm purging (laughs) I'm doing my my civil duty and it's like no you're actively choosing to be a bad person (laughs) because even the movies show us that there are good people or people just trying to like live through the night like the overall concept of this is something very of, of this film series is something very like terrifying but also really interesting to witness of how people in these films try to rationalize and explain away their bad behavior like like we see it in the first movie with like the polite perjurers mm-hmm. <laughs> that are just oh we're just young people in america trying to you know, just participate in the purge and be good citizens. And you see it even in every movie. Someone always makes a point of of saying, it's what we're supposed to be doing. It's it's if you don't do it, you're a bad person. It's no, you're actively the bad person for choosing to continue doing this. One thing I do like about the films is is the like I mentioned before, is that there are genuinely good people in these films that as much as there is a bad, you do kind of get a sense of the communities that people build and the ways they try to look out for each other as well. Like, even if they're total strangers, they will, in a way, try to help each other survive the night. And I think that's it's, it's a really good way to ha- to kind of, like, offset all the bad happening around them. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, it is terrifying. Uh, we'll get to if we believe this will actually could actually happen, you know, and, and the believability because, you know... And and this is the thing I love about the television show and when we get to is that the television show explores so much more of what this concept does to people, especially the second season. It explores a lot about what this does to people when it comes to violence and their relationship with violence and how in between purges, because that's how the second season is spoiler. Sorry, it's a little bit of a spoiler for Susie and, and Kimberly, but it's not too much. It's like. It starts at the first episode is the last hour of a purge, and then it builds up to the next purge. So you're seeing in between how this violence of one night affects people in between those, which is one reason why I I like television series so much. Because, yes, it sets up this version that it's going to be utopia if you let people get out these urges just one time a year which is not accurate in who humans are and human nature. And so if you're doing that and you're thinking that's going to happen, it's actually going to, I think, and I think this is what 
the movies are trying to say and trying to show is that it actually will make it worse. It actually will make you a worse person. It will also just highlight the horribleness of some human beings and, you know, the sexism, the racism, the classism, all of that will just increase if you are allowed one night to let all of that disgusting behavior out with no consequences. And so it's 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 an interesting concept. And, you know, you see this a lot in movies whenever there are those utopian movies. It's always a lot like this in a way, except for this, the violence is amped up times a thousand. But you will see that a lot in utopian movies that it's like everything is peaceful and great, but there's a lot of violence going on in order to manage that peacefulness. And, you know, this also goes into, I think, I think there's also stuff in here, of course, when we're talking about classism, that goes into capitalism and all that stuff. But I think it's just such an interesting concept, you know, and, and my only criticism of the, this franchise is I don't think it goes deep enough into that concept, the movies, because there's so much you can say here about society and it's sometimes it's too on the nose and it's too wink, wink, <laughs> nudge, nudge. Can you guess what? you know, political party we're, we're lambasting here, which yes, I get it. I mean, especially in the first purge, you know, and the final purge. I mean, the final purge is like, hits you over the head with it. <laughs> it's up to the last line, which just, oh my gosh. So yeah, so that's my only criticism is I, you know, I think you can do this and go deeper, but go deeper and be subtle at the same time, if that makes sense. So I wish they would do that, but I still love them. So I want to know, Kimberly, of the films, of the five films, which one is your favorite? So my favorite is the wink, wink political party, um, the purge election year, where it's clearly like Trump versus a AOC um, Hillary Clinton like mashup. Like mm -hmm. it's 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 absolutely that, and I think it's great because I really love the character um, Leo Barnes. Like I love him so much like he's such a badass and I like he's the one that they call they're like oh we need security he's the guy like mm -hmm. he's great um I like the concept of this election I like that it's you know very good versus very evil like Charlie she's she's so noble like she won't even when they change the rules that like she can be purged upon which is nuts to me because I never realized that there were like different classes that couldn't be purged upon when they change the rules, she's like, no, I'm not leaving my house. And it's like, miss, you, Senator, you need to leave your house. Like, you can't be this, like, such a holy figure. Like, but like, it's a movie. I get it. Like, that was the setup for it. Like, she had to not leave so that all of this could happen. Um, I also really like the character, Lainey Rocker, the like ex, the ex street gang. Mm -hmm. um, and now she's like a neighborhood protector. Um, she's super badass. And I would love to see like a movie with her and Leo Barnes if they are continuing this series. Like that would be great just to see the two of them. I also like that it introduced the idea of purge tourism because that's crazy. Like people just coming here to like get their anger out from other countries. Like that's insane. But also, yeah, that makes sense. That would happen. Like capitalism is is everywhere like capitalism is so deeply rooted within this franchise and like yeah that is a terrible part of it but also just so great the only thing that I didn't like and that I absolutely hated was um the character Joe Dixon the guy who owns the deli yeah I don't know if the writers don't know how to write for like black people but 
his character says like the dumbest thing sometimes like he has a, a catchphrase that's like good night blue cheese like he's just yeah such a fool like he he like you know loves his neighborhood you know he's really good to the guy that works for him like he wants to like split the shop with him like i'm like oh that's awesome but he just says the dumbest things all night and it's just like i don't understand if they're like this is what like an old black guy would do it doesn't it doesn't make sense like i don't know his like motivations or or what i he's just so stupid like he's just such a dumb character and i find it funny that it's the same he's played by the same actor who's in final Destination four that i hate it so i was like do i have a bias against this actor and i'm like no it's not that it's not that it's the writing for him the writing for him is terrible like they just were like this is what an old black guy would sound like and it's like no like this guy sounds like an idiot yeah, like tr- he sacrifices himself for her too, which is yeah. the whole annoying trope of a black mm. character sacrificing yeah. themselves for a white character, especially mm-hmm. a white woman. So yeah, yeah, that was yeah. that's that part was really annoying mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was rewatching it. I was like, oh, I forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> so Susie, what's your favorite? Ooh, so my personal favorite is uh, the. The most like latest one in the franchise, I guess you could say the the Forever Purge. It's the f- fifth film. Yeah, sixth, F- fifth. fifth. Yeah, fifth. okay. Yeah, I lost I lost count after three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's the fifth one, but I really I really liked how it's how it was directed. Like James James Monaco did do writing for the movie, but I really like how it's directed by a Mexican director. Um, by name, oh, I hope I say this right, Everardo Valerio Gaut, and I really love that. Like he, like he was at the helm directing it, and I just love any story where we're kind of like Mexicans are at the forefront, <laughs> you know. And it has a lot of like, well, at least well known to me, um, Latino or Latina actors, which I think is great. And yes, the movie is really on the nose with the message there were a lot of like moments when I was watching it in theaters with you when I watched it mm-hmm. after where I'm just like <laughs> you just like you have that like n- that really physical nose snorting <laughs> <laughs> but I think it is a lot of fun and it is a really interesting story to kind of be like oh who look <laughs> look who's seeking refuge now I don't know I thought it was funny yeah yeah, because I remember watching that with you in the theater and your reaction in, to the final line. Just everybody's got a reaction, but just, you know, it's just so funny because I could tell you were trying really hard not to <laughs> bust out laughing. I, I, I was trying so hard. So hard. I was like, yeah. mm, much like with Barbarian, I couldn't, I had a really hard time keeping my mouth shut. <laughs> just being like, like, don't say anything don't say anything just smile and wave smile and wave (laughs) (laughs) and I even showed that movie to my parents and and we were all just have we were having the best time because we also enjoy a lot of movies that they're also bilingual in a sense where we can understand most of the dialogue Mm -hmm. especially since we're ESL so that was a lot of fun to like be able to experience with them and I like any movie that I can kind of share with my with my family and we can experience it together 
Well, for me, you know, when I was rewatching it, I was like, I, I ended up renting the first Purge because that's the only one that you could not stream anywhere that I found. You can stream the Forever Purge on HBO and The Purge. Um, and then The Purge Anarchy and The First Purge are on Peacock. And then The Purge Television Series is on Peacock and Hulu, too, I believe. So, and The First Purge was the one that I had thought of when I was starting this as being my favorite because. The reason I like the first purge is it really, I think, gives you a really interesting backstory and a logical backstory on how this all happened, where you would have basically the Trump government. I mean, come on, that's what they're saying. That same thing, the new founding fathers who, who you know, if when you're watching uh, the first purge and they're showing like actual real news clips from, you know, when the economy collapsed and the housing market crash. And then they're saying there's a new political party that is merged that's not Republican or Democrat. And, you know, they can't say the Tea Party, but they're obviously referring to that. And it's the new founding fathers. And it, to me, is so believable that if something like this were to happen in the United States, who are they going to target first? They're going to go after people that are, of course, not white, not rich. They're going to, you know, target a specific little section because they want to see if the people there will, what they will do and if they will be able to sell this. And they're figuring on their, because of their racism and their classism, that if they go after a, um, a especially um, a group of black people in, some of them were living in like these low income high rises. I can't remember the name of the high rises now. And if they go after that whole area, of course, because of their racism, they're thinking, well, the violence is going to be all astronomical. And then they learn, of course, that's not what happens. And they send in their own military to cause a lot of violence. Not that there isn't violence, because there's the one character, uh, Skeletor, who's so creepy, um, who gets, like, these knives on his hands and or, like, needles and goes after all these people. I mean, he's really creepy. So that's why I liked that one a lot so much, was just exploring that and how... To me, that's so accurate of what would really happen. But then rewatching it, there was some things kind of bothered me, which I, and it could, it, I think it's more to the writing because the first Purge is directed by a black director, which is really good, but it's, of course, it's still written by a white man. So I think you could kind of see there were some stereotypes in there. So that part rewatching it bothered me a little bit more and how I think it just kind of it was like had a great premise a great start and it kind of stumbled and then it picked itself back up towards the end but I thought the cast was really good and um I liked being able to see where it started because so that's what I would have said I still I still really like it but I would say actually I think the purge anarchy the second one is kind of my favorite and I don't know why, because, and it actually could be because of the characters and how it feels. It's the first one where you're not, you know, because it's the second one. And the first one, you're very confined into this white rich family's house is what you're confined in the first. And this one breaks out and shows you sort of how this is affecting other people and in particular, not rich people. That's the big premise of it. And you also have, of course, the introduction of Leo Barnes, who comes back in the next one. And I'm surprised he doesn't figure in like every single one from here on out because his presence, uh, Frank Grillo's presence in these films is very captivating to watch. 
And what struck me with this rewatch and watching this one is how, um, you know, watching this character that is fighting against something that he is actually going to use to avenge the murder of his young son. And then him coming to terms with, you know, like we're spoiling all these, everybody, but him coming to terms and accepting that he's not going to do that. And then his life kind of being saved by the person who ended up killing his son or, and, and all of that, I thought that was an interesting journey and him not wanting to help the families or help the two different people that are two different groups of people that are on the run, you know, the sisters and then the married couple. Um, and that are on the streets during purge night and not wanting to help them, but then deciding to and all these things I, I thought was really, really an interesting story to watch him. He's just a very interesting character. And it has one of the most surprising things, I think, when you go to Justina Mikado's family, Tanya, when you when they end up at her house and they're having this thing and she's drunk and you find out that she's been sleeping with her sister's husband and her sister comes out and kills her. That was so shocking to me even now because I remember first watching it, even now when I rewatched it, I kept thinking Tanya was going to try and kill everybody, but it wasn't her, it was the sister. And that was just like this very shocking moment of like, see, this is a really bad side because it's such an intimate crime. Instead of like a lot of these you've seen are stranger crimes, but this is an intimate, I'm going to kill my sister crime. And that was, that to me was one of the freakiest scenes ever in any of the movies. So, yeah. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, well, Kimberly, do you have a least favorite? So at first I was leaning towards the first purge because of like all the black and brown pain. But when I rewatched yeah. it, I was like, this is a good movie. But like, there's a lot of like Sambo mask and there's like a lot of racism and it's just, it's triggering. So that one is hard to watch, but it, like for all the reasons you just said, like the first purge is a very good movie. But I ended up realizing the movie that I didn't like was The Purge, like the actual first one with Ethan Hawke. Like it was a good, I don't know if it was, like, I don't think it was a good jumping off point. Cause I just, I just didn't care about anyone in this family. Like even Hulk, his whole family is trash. Like, none of them respect him. They cause all these problems, and they, like, demand that he has to fix them. Like, I get it that his son's trying to save someone's life, but, like, they never work together, and, like, any idea that he has, they just tell him that it's a terrible idea, but, like, they provide nothing. Like, this man, like, dies defending his family, and they they just kind of, like, let it happen. Like, they, I don't know, they kind of, like, send him up the river. Um, it's not It's not a terrible film, but, like, no one is likable. Mm-hmm. But I did think that it's interesting. The guy that um, they save doesn't have a name in the movie, but he later is a uh, bishop in the uh, election year. But he dies in that movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's working with the um, like the ambulance setup. Mm-hmm. So you see him again. So it's like, oh, he did. You know, he did something good with his life. Like, thank God that he was saved. But I mean, he ends up dying in that movie, so it didn't get very far. The acting is good. Um, what is her name? Lena Lena Hetty? Yes. 
she's very good for the last 10 minutes because she's just whining and crying the whole movie. And then when it's like, oh, I'm the one in charge now because my husband's dead. She like, you know, stands up and like grows a backbone and she's great in the last 10 minutes. But like, for the most part, I, I just, it was lots of sobbing and I don't, the, the killers are, the kill scenes are good because like all those people are young Republican looking very crazy, intense people <laughs> and they're, them just dying is like entertaining. But for the most part, that's a movie that I could kind of like toss away. I don't think it really fits the narrative of the rest of them. So like, that would be the reason why I leave that one out. Like that's my least favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And Susie. Okay. Here's this thing that I have with sequels to like movies and stuff. Um, I think it is completely fair to say that something is in a way better than the original, but also not because sequels in some cases and, sometimes they don't they improve on an original idea or original story that's established by the first movie in a series so like for example as as like in in previous uh podcast episodes like the the first final destination movie for me it's not my favorite but it does a really good job of establishing the world where death exists and creates like rube goldberg machine-esque killing sprees and the other movies build off of that. And my thing with the Purge series is that I think out of all the films, the first one is not my favorite, but I do think we have to find like the merits within it that like without this movie, we wouldn't necessarily, I don't think we would have like necessarily the the building blocks for which to build the rest of the mm-hmm. series upon. Because it's kind of like with any Lego set. Sometimes with some Lego sets, you get like those green base plates <laughs> that you can that you can like take your other yeah. little Lego pieces and build upon it and make this like a bonsai or something or a, a vase or a car. And the first, the the Purge movie, the very first one in the series is is, is that base plate. Like it's not much to look at, you know, it's all right, but it's going to provide like a foundation that you can build upon and that you can be get more elaborate with and yes the, this listen that whole family in that movie is they're just a bunch of saltine crackers the salt is the most flavor that they have <laughs> i'm sorry to say thank you to ethan hawk and lena Heaty for your performances you did what you did but it's not it's not a great film and also you don't really relate to those characters in that film at all because they're they're I don't know about anyone else but I am not an affluent white person I am the opposite of that I'm like middle class POC America (laughs) maybe lower middle you know depending on which way the moon shines that night so the other films give you characters that are a lot more relatable and make it easier for you to kind of like connect to and understand because you do give you a wide variety. But that first film, it's just like, it's really hard to care about this family. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's, but like as it's been mentioned before, Lena did an absolute great job within within those last like 10 minutes of that film my favorite part personally was when she takes her neighbor's face and smashes it with the shotgun and says we're gonna sit this out in peace yes. <laughs> sit down and her neighbor's just like oh my god 
my nose is bleeding. Yeah, that's what you get, sucker. Being a jerk. <laughs> this woman had her husband murdered in front of her. Her kids are still grieving him, and you're like, oh, let me get frisky with this with this gun. Nah, it's not gonna happen. Not in her house. <laughs> yeah, no, that's my least favorite of the series. More than anything else. <laughs> yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna agree. I had a feeling this was gonna be the one. Uh, it's the one that is, I think everyone's pretty much least favorite i think and and it is i think it's because yes you could not have the other ones without this for sure Susie. like you said this is the building blocks this is the way you set up the story but once you get past this one and you get to the sequels and the television series and all of that this one becomes such like a small potato throwaway film that you don't really care about as much because the world is because they're focusing so much in this one on these rich elite white people that and that are profiting heavily off of this event too you know which which makes for a good story in a way just having people that are profiting off of it having to be punished in a way for what they're profiting off of it's that whole thing of you know you create the monster and then the monster comes after you so it's that whole trope which is interesting but when you get outside of this and you branch out and you see the people that are actually affected by this in much more profound ways, that becomes a lot more interesting than watching people like this for two hours. And granted, as the series goes along and in the television series, you do see more other families and people that do profit off of this and watch them struggling and, and stuff like that too. So it's not just this one that explores that, but this one makes that family so central that especially if you're not really caring about the family, it's hard to care about what happens to them. But Ethan Hawke, I just want to say, I think Ethan Hawke has made kind of this career resurgence in horror. Yes, he does other stuff too, but this and um, Sinister and he's done a couple of other ones. He's really good in this genre. Black Phone, of course, from this year. Um, and he's so good at playing, I mean, not in black phone, but playing usually like this everyday normal family man who also does some really fucked up stuff like in Sinister, which I still think, I, I know that it didn't scare Sasha, but I still think Sinister is one of the scariest movies to come out in the past decade. But so he's, I think, such a great addition to horror. And I love the fact that his character appears through out like he will just randomly be in especially in the television series you get him in a few scenes early on and i like that because it even makes you dislike him more but still i <laughs> i like that but it's true if you can't like this family and if you don't care about them until like the last 10 minutes it's very hard to watch a whole movie and be like you know what except for the little boy kind of you are all pieces of trash and I don't care what happens to you. You know, I, I haven't gone to care about you at all, but I do think of all of them. I think this one has the best poster because <laughs> it's freaky as hell. That mask is so scary. I think it still scares me looking at me, looking at it. It's still disturbing. I do think the, the group of young Republican type characters that are trying to get in there, are um really creepy i do think that they remind me a lot of the killers in the strangers the movie the strangers yeah but but yeah yeah okay so i know that kimberly has watched the first season of the television series 
and Susie's watched a couple of episodes of the first season. I've watched it twice. I'll just go over briefly what the first seasons are without trying to spoil anything. But the first season follows several seemingly unconnected characters as they experience the Purge Night. You've got Miguel, who is a Marine, searching for his sister Penelope, who has joined the creepiest of creepiest things in the world, a death cult where they basically drive around and offer themselves up to purgers. Oh, it's so creepy. With like this weird like color in the school bus, like a weird like purplish. I, t- I don't know if it was like for a fl- flower or something that was so disturbing. I Well, now that I think about it, aren't there the new founding fathers that oh, colors yes. are like blue and white, right? Mm-hmm. And there's like, I think there are flowers there's a flower, in the front yes. of the bus. Yeah. At first I was like, is it supposed to be calming because they're about to get killed? But now I think it might just be for the, the NFF. No. And I can't do letters. New founding NFF. fathers. Yeah. NFF. Yeah. That, well, yeah, they do have in uh, the first purge when they're giving out like the contacts like that you put in and they can record mm-hmm. what you're doing. They have a flower that they give out. So that must be what it is. And it's like a bluish flower. Again, yeah, there's also that. something that even Hulk puts outside of his house. Like there's yes. a blue and white flower. I just don't remember what the type of flower mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that also becomes something also that they show different things like in the series like they'll open it up with little like sometimes little vignettes that might not have anything to do with the main storyline going on that show you different things that happen like they have like annual purge remembrance day like remembering the people that died and were murdered on that day and i think there's actually something to do with the flower in that too i can't remember that's that's in the second season but yeah and then you've also got jane who is an executive who uses the purge as an opportunity for revenge against her scum bucket (laughs) boss played by one of the baldwin brothers (laughs) and then you also have jenna and rick who are married entrepreneurs who attend a purge party because they're seeking an investment capital from a wealthy purge supporter and they have in there also a love triangle uh, between the wife and and this other woman that they used to have as part of their relation in their relationship. And the second season begins, like I said, just as the annual purge night is drawing to a close. And then it follows characters. It also follows a really interesting story. This is in the first episode. So not really too much spoiler of people that work in like these emergency hotline things like that. They, they monitor while the purge is going on. They don't do anything. But they monitor and then like they have like this thing, like they have these people that are stealing some money and um, this guy, he goes back to get it. And, you know, the sirens are going that the purge is ending and they're watching this on camera and his toe was over the line of this private property by like one second. And so then they show you what happens to people if they commit a crime, not on purge night. It's really, really disturbing. Um but yeah, and, and they show one person and how they are struggling with, I mean, he's creepy as hell, and how they are struggling with the fact that now they've committed an act of violence and how it's triggered something inside of them. And now they're obsessed with violence and all this stuff. So I, that's why I really like the second season because it explores what this is doing. So Kimberly, I know you've only watched the first season, but what are your thoughts on the television show? So I watched parts of the second season, but I just don't remember it. But I remember like the vignettes and I remember liking the beginnings and it was like, oh, like there's one about um how they like clean up all the dead bodies and they have like a maid service. And I was like, oh, that's that's cool. That makes sense. <laughs> um, 
but like I just want I rewatched all of the first season I really did like it I love that like our complaint about Fundus Nation was like the characters weren't fleshed out like mm-hmm. these characters are so like three-dimensional like you get you understand everyone's point of view you understand everybody's motivations like I really love that and I love that it's not just random kills like Jane you know she wants to kill her boss and it's like it was a tough decision for her to make but like she makes it and like you get to like learn about people and why they might be doing these things and I definitely think that's really interesting I also did like this might be a spoiler but we're here um Joe the character of Joe which you don't really learn about him until much later like he's there in all of them but you don't know until the connection he's so complex like I want to hate him because like I've I've been on a date with Joe so like I get it but like his whole thing is like he's he's this white dude and he feels like you know everything has gone wrong like his American dream has failed and it's everyone else's fault like it's it's the fault of like a greedy corporation right but he makes it everyone else's problem like his life is destroyed he, he gets like fired his, his company goes away mm-hmm. um and like he gets my he's like yeah they probably sent the jobs to mexico which really they probably just paid someone else to do it and those people who are doing it now aren't getting paid nearly as much as you so like no one's winning here like sorry joe but no one's winning but he's just this really terrible person who thinks he knows everything about the world and like takes zero responsibility but spends like a year planning on how he's going to get his revenge and holds this trial and it's it's awesome it is awesome because like at some point you're like well you know what joe i get that i i get that you're right like with the couple he's right he has every right to be mad but with like penelope like because she didn't say she didn't thank you say when thank holding you. a door. I know. Like, Come on. I'm like, yes, then, I get pissed at that yeah. too, but still. Yeah. And he goes on this terrible date with Jane and it's like, oh, he asked her the most ridiculous questions. Like, oh, do you, oh, you, you got an advantage because you're black. Like you got to go to college because of that. And it's like, she worked really hard to get where she's got, but like, he doesn't see that because he just sees, you know, black people only get this far because of the color of their mm-hmm. skin. And like, she handled that day very well, but still- she ends up on his list. And I, I I think that he's an incredibly interesting character. I think that he is maybe 60% of men in America. That might be too, that number might be too high, but there are Joes in America. And it's just like, oh, hey, it's not just me. Like, I've seen this dude. This dude is out there. I, I think that he's a great character. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I really do enjoy the show. I'm going to enjoy rewatching season two because I, the only thing I remember about season two is there are a couple in a house that's like very like it has a lot of stone and they have plates that are the plates that I got when I got married like I registered for those plates and I was like they have our plates that's the only thing I remember about season two (laughs) (laughs) and I don't know how that happened but that's all I remember about it and it's not to say it's not good I just have a weird memory (laughs) (laughs) Susie I know you've only watched like a couple episodes correct Yes, I've only watched a couple episodes, but I really, something that I really like with any show that's based off of an already existing IP is to see how it also expands upon, (laughs) also how it expands upon like the original kind of idea and and what other new things it can tell. So um, again, I've only watched the first couple episodes, but I'm, I'm very excited to see, because I've heard like a lot of good things about it from you and I, I trust you very well when it comes to recommendations. <laughs> like, yeah, if y'all don't know, Aaron has very good taste. Like, if Aaron recommends <laughs> you something, yes. 
<laughs> yes. For the most part, I do. <laughs> You're going to have a good time. And like, and, and for me, like the Purge movie series is very much kind of like, panelist Sasha has compared the Fast and the Furious series as like brain candy. Mm-hmm. And in a way, for me, that is what the Purge series is. Yeah. Like, yes, it gets very overt with its with this message and such. But sometimes it's just good to kind of turn your brain off once in a while and just watch a thing. Mm-hmm. And for me, the Purge is that. But I'm vi- like, I've only, I'm very excited to see the rest of the series and just get started on season two. I'm very much looking forward to it. And oh, just really quick, I think the flower that's used and mentioned before is mm-hmm. the blue wild indigo flower. Ah, uh, yeah. Which, mm-hmm. which is reported to be like one of its symbols is of protection, which would in a way make sense as to why Ethan Hawke is putting it outside of his house. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, in a way, it's kind of like he's lambs blooding his house. <laughs> if anyone knows that Bible story. Yeah. Of like, oh yes, we are uh, God-fearing Americans. I do support this concept. <laughs> yes, I'm I'm very excited to to watch the rest of this <laughs> to see what happens. And also, apparently, I don't know if we're going to mention this at all, but they're making a sixth Purge film. They are. I wasn't. And, I, yeah, I was. I was going to look at that, but I didn't. And and the premise of it is that it's going to be like Frank Grillo is going to come back in the series he's gonna make a, a reappearance apparently oh, okay and it's gonna it's gonna go into the story that they're gonna tell is about like a worldwide purge well the purge has extended from the u.s apparently and it's spread throughout the u.s mm. and also the interesting thing about that is that if the series had gotten a third season that's what the story was gonna be yeah so that's kind of kind of like yeah. taking that and recycling it for the movie so it's going to be very interesting to see how that's brought about yeah because there's all there's scenes sprinkled throughout where there is you know where other countries are talking about that about what the you know if they should enact this or if that and especially when you're talking about you know like like kimberly mentioned well when she's talking about election year and how you know there's the tourism thing of people paying money to come over here and purge so yeah interesting well that'll be interesting to see and especially i love having that returning character come back too so so yeah uh well everyone knows i already think this is better than the movies i think the series is amazing i'm so disappointed that this did not get renewed for season three still am and what i really 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 love about the series is it's 10 times more disturbing, I think, than the movies because you get to know the characters. I think that's what makes it more disturbing because you get to know the characters that are both good and bad and shades of gray. And so you get to know different things that go on in The Purge 2 that you didn't know about and, um, you know, and, and have that explored and, you know, just little things that you're showing. And in the first season, with the character that has been mentioned, the, the Joe character. What's interesting about that character is you're watching for episodes and episodes, and this is, of course, Susie, spoilers, and spoilers for everybody, but um, you watch throughout as he's, like, rescuing a lot of these people, and you think he's, like, saving people, yet he's listening to someone on the radio who is, of course, vo- voiced by Dylan, McDerm- Dylan Dermot Mulroney. Sorry, see, I did that 
thing where that always happens, but voiced by Dermot Mulroney. And it was basically, you know, like a Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity type guy. And you're listening to him talking about how it's your right as an American to purge and how we should all purge and really speaking to a lot of white men. And I think Joe represents a lot of, you know, the really terrifying white men out there and how they're going to blame everything else at society and everybody in society and everybody who's wronged them and never look at themselves. And yes, he had a lot of horrible stuff happen to him, but it's no excuse for what he does. But I think it was an interesting setup of showing him where he's listening to that. And you're like, gosh, this person is probably totally a creep and the mask he's wearing and stuff like that. And then he starts rescuing people and you're like, well, maybe he's not a terrible person. Maybe he's not a terrible person. And then the reveal and you're like, oh, yeah, he's a horrible person. <laughs> and I mean, you understand why he's mad at some of those people. But yeah, the Penelope one is the most ridiculous one. I'm like, yes, I think it's annoying when people don't say thank you, too. But <laughs> it's like she's like, you know, she's really young. And I'm like, give give me a break. But. And I really liked uh, the Penelope character and that journey and uh, with her brother and how they are also dealing so much with survivor's guilt, I think, too, because of what happened to their parents. And then especially her and then also just dealing with a lot of trauma from you probably don't get a lot of time to really grieve these people. And it's the deaths of your loved ones because the deaths of your loved ones are also thought of as like, it's some kind of beautiful, perfect sacrifice. And when you've seen what it actually is like they did, you know, it's not this beautiful, perfect thing. Um, so it's interesting watching Penelope's character wanting to sacrifice herself to this thing that took her family from her and her struggling through that. And like I said, anything with cults, that's our next episode is about horror movies that involve cults is always fascinating to me. So um, that whole thing is so flipping creepy, though, with the woman walking down the, the aisle of the school bus and deciding who's going to go out first. Oh, my gosh. That is like, ooh, ooh. And then what you find out later about that, too, which I, I won't say uh, about that woman just makes her really even more slime. And then the second season, I won't say too much about it to not spoil it, but the second season, like I said, the reason I like it is because it explores the stuff in between the purges, and we've never really seen that. And I just think that's really fascinating. I mean, yes, the Forever Purge kind of explores that, but that's more about taking the purge and just continuing it on. This is more just like the quote-unquote normal life that you're supposed to go back to and what that looks like in reality, so... I like that a lot. And you get Dermot Mulroney again back that. And then you get Ethan Hawke uh, appears in, in the second season. His character is back. And I just, I, I like a lot of the the characters are really interesting in that one. Um, so yeah, I recommend that series. Okay. So I, so this series, of course, as we've said, it's really on the nose with a lot of its political messaging. So Kimberly, how well or how not well do you think this series does with handling uh, the different issues it's trying to tackle, like race, class structure, addiction to violence, etc.? I mean, I think it does a really good job in depicting how little the government cares about people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I think it does a really good job at like explaining capitalism because like i said capitalism goes into every part of it like mm -hmm. in the show there's the uh the carnival of flesh like you can sell people 
you can buy people to like live out your fantasies i'm like that's insane and that's terrible but I don't know, given the option, I think people, people might, you know, like mm-hmm. there's always money to be made and like, I don't want to spoil too much of it, but like, there's that one character who's like, this is how I make money. Like, this is what I do every year. And like, that changes his life for the better, but it ruins it for everyone else. But like, you can do a lot of things if you're just like, I'm collecting a check. And I think that that's kind of not the American way, but like, I think they do a really good job at expressing that, like, capitalism is just capitalism and then when you put emotion into it that's when it becomes a problem but we're talking about like literally people's lives here i do like in the first purge the one in satin island i like that when given the option for crime people were just like i'm gonna have a party in the streets with my friends um Mm -hmm. maybe there'll be a couple having sex but like people weren't really committing crimes there was that one guy who like was gonna try and break into that atm which was funny that it was left out but like People didn't really have like this propensity for like violence, except for that one guy, that Skeletor guy that you talked about, who's Ugh. incredibly disturbing. But he's like, there's mental illness there. Like, he's a different case. But most people were just like, we're gonna just like rage in the streets and have fun with our friends. Like, the idea of taking someone's life wasn't the first thing until people came in and like introduced violence. Like, that's when it became different. Um, I think they do. The French does a really good job of showing you all the problems but not a very good job of like providing any solution like there is the uh there's like the anti new founding fathers groups that do pop up but they're like the last 20 minutes like when they need to like save someone like you see more about them i would love a standalone movie with just them and like Mm -hmm. how they prep for the year like what they do politically but i don't know if that's like counterproductive if it's just like you know this is a movie where people get killed and like you're trying to stop people from being killed. But I do think that that element is interesting. Like what happens to those people for the rest of the year? Like when they have to use violence to stop violence, like that's, I mean, that's very American, like violence begetting violence. So I think they do a good job of, of showing that, but I do wish they did more of a a job of showing some sort of solution. Oh, yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with, yeah. And I think they try to explore that a little bit more in the second season of The Purge. They try to explore that a little bit more um, with um, Derek Luke's character's son and also with as the character Esme, uh, Derek Luke's character is Marcus, and this the character Esme and her one of her teachers who, what you see, it's, it's the first episode, she's murdered on, on Purge Night. And sort of what her teacher was studying and stuff. So it is, so they do explore that a little bit, not to the same extent, but, and I think they were probably the way it's set up that if they had a third season, they might've also tried to explore that too. I know um, Susie said with the, the sixth one's going to be kind of exploring the other things, but yeah, but I agree. I would like to see more of that. So Susie. Yes. So like, like I've mentioned before, and, and I, I personally felt this a lot more with, the forever purge that it really gets kind of preachy <laughs> about like there is no sense of subtlety this no. <laughs> comes in like a this comes in like a like a slushy brain freeze it just hits you like there is no there is no soft like introduction like oh let's get a little nuance no it just smacks you with it like it's slapping you in the face with the tortilla it's, it's <laughs> It's, it's it's just out there but it's but i do think it's kind of commentary 
about how the purge is used and how, how it started even is is in itself very interesting because like like how we saw in the first purge when they introduced this concept as sort of like a test and they of course they had to do it in like a lower income community like why not of course the government would but they introduce it and people just and it, it kind of shows you how like from the offset yes there were some people that were um initially predisposition to violence like Skeletor but he's he's very much um a special case the mm-hmm. man is not well no and but most everyone in that community like I, I do like that they kind of gave him the option like hey if you don't want to participate get, you can get out of town for the week <laughs> so at least you can come back home and try to piece together things but I do I do think it's interesting how like even within the introduction of this concept people they weren't initially predispositioned to violence they just wanted a party like their idea of a good time was to just like have raves hang out maybe steal some things do some light looting but nothing as terrible as like actively going out and killing people until the the new founding fathers were like you know what this isn't this isn't what we're looking for let's insert some of our own men to kind of like get the killing started and get all this like poor this the the poor income under control the lower class is under control and we'll do some light weeding and it's like oh it's very bad and what and it's so interesting how you see this told throughout the different films i i think it's especially very interesting how you can kind of how the second film in the series actually introduces the idea that the government is very involved in trying to keep the purge active and alive. Mm-hmm. Like even, oh, oh, what's his name? The guy in the, is his name Big Papa or like, or, or, or something? The guy who's oh, in the yeah. truck mm-hmm. tries to kill Frank. Oh, what's his name? I don't know. It's it's something, something father is attached to his name, mm-hmm. and he even tells him like, "Oh, it's it's our it's our duty. We're just trying to keep people under control." And there's even meant we even see this mentioned. Like the idea isn't new to us. It's even it's been introduced to us even as far from the first film, where the polite purgers are like, "Oh, it's it's our duty to get the riffraff off the streets. That's why we're doing this." And blah blah blah. And you just go, guys, no, this is a very bad idea. This is very bad. And something that I do wish, and I, I completely agree with Kimberly, is that I do really wish that there were either like other movies or something else where you get to see more of the good side of humanity that is, like, you do kind of get a sequence of it throughout the series and in the show. But what I really wanted to see is maybe have a movie where it's more of the good than the bad of like how what people are doing to actively change and they were kind of they were they were so close they were so close with kind of election year like i personally thought that the next film after election year would be would be a showing of the kind of how things got reformed and changed and how they were trying to do away with the purge like i I sincerely thought that that's what the next film was going to be about and maybe have it be like, Oh, one final purge. And then it's, it's all done and how they were going to kind of dismantle that. 
But then, no, we just kind of skip to, all right, so she was president for a little bit, and we're just going to purge again. And it's, well, there was there was a really good chance to get into, like, into exploring the story here, guys. It was so close. Yeah, I think, I mean, once again, as everyone has said, it really does, like, hit you over the head like a hammer, the messaging in these movies. And, you know, that's why it's weird when I say I wish they could go further with it. But by that, I just mean, and that's why I like the television series more, by that, I just mean you can explore this stuff with a lot of subtlety, but go deeper. And they just don't. I feel like they, it's, they're not taking into account that your audience is smart. They're kind of dumbing things down for your audience. I'm like, yes, we all know what political party you're attacking here. And yes, I agree with attacking them for this reason and for showing that. But if you keep doing it so blatantly and like hitting your hitting the audience members over the head with it, it kind of comes to the point where you're rolling your eyes at it and you just kind of feel like, oh, okay, yes, we get it. We get it enough. Can you maybe like go deeper with this in a different way or can you show it a different way or can you show different sides or can you, I don't know, explore, you know, like we said, like the people that are trying to fight against it or stuff like that more in depth. But I do, I do like the fact I, this is why the first purge was one that I, that I loved for so long was, but that I love the fact that they did not have the first purge be instantaneously violent to the extent that the other purge movies are, because that's one thing that you kind of can struggle with, with this franchise. It's like, would people really be this violent? Because people, and it's not just like, violent like you know like punching someone or maybe like just like driving by and shooting someone or like walking by and shooting him or something like that it's like this very like intimate violence and very much like this getting off on the violence kind of violence like some people like concoct these weird like masks and weird things that you're like these people have always wanted to do this their whole entire lives and then they're getting an excuse to do it where they're not going to be punished uh so it's it's like oh wait so are like a huge portion of us all just serial killers that are just waiting for an excuse to become serial killers. That's the way it can kind of come off. So that's why I really did appreciate that with the first purge, you showed that, no, that's not the general inclination. The general inclination is like, Hey, I'm going to go and try and take some money for it from an ATM, which I totally understand that. It's like, this is, you know, this, I won't be in trouble. If, if you need money, you're like, okay. And also, you know, I love that he's like, you've been, ta- you've been charging me for getting my own money, which yes, that's the most aggravating thing in the world when your bank charges you to get your own money. And so I understand that, that anger. And also to me, that's like an F you to capitalism right there. If you're going to be taking the money back like that. So I appreciated that a lot. And then it was just, you know, that huge party that they're throwing and everything. So it wasn't so focused on, boom, everybody's going to instantly be extremely violent. And, um, you know, and watching the people in the new Founding Fathers and then also that um, psychologist played by Marissa Tomei who are talking about, you know, like she's talking a lot about how morals and stuff are coming to play there. And I think it would be interesting to kind of explore that a little bit more and maybe even explore like even before, before the first purge, like her studies on this, her research, who did she talk to? Why would you come up with this idea and where that kind of stemmed from? But yeah. And then um, definitely I agree. This is 
a attack a lot on capitalism because as i've said before yes there are good parts of capitalism of course but to me capitalism is a disease and that's the main disease in this country and what you've seen with the pandemic and everything is you are start, it started to become very blatant i mean a lot of people already knew it was there but for people that maybe didn't uh, it's become very blatant what the symptoms of this disease are. And racism, class structure, um, addiction to violence, all that stuff to me is also a part, a symptom of capitalism. It just is. Capitalism is such this, like, to me, very cold. It's not about working together as a community. It's about getting what is yours, no matter who you hurt in the process. And like I said, I know we've talked about it before, there, there can be good aspects to some of what capitalism means. But when it's so focused on money, 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 at any cost, any point, that contributes so much to everything else. And, you know, the 1% has more money than the rest of us so it's like when you have that you are going to have so much other stuff going on and it's going to create so much harm psychologically to people and i think that's also what this is exploring of course i mean the fact that you have even in these structures within the purge you have the people that have the most wealth and the most power and the most control and they get to have special privileges or they have special parties they have special auctions that kind of really disturbing stuff and that once again all rooted in capitalism which racism is all rooted in that and sexism and lots of other stuff misogyny and that that kind of thing um so i love what it's trying to tackle here especially the capitalism part because Ugh. I do love it. I just wish they wouldn't beat you over the head with it only because I think it loses its impact. It doesn't have as much power if you do that. And like we've said, I really would love to explore different sides of this throughout. Um, I did, I forgot to mention this when we were talking about the television show and I'm just throwing this out there with, and this has to do more with like um, any kind of representation of anything that is not a straight relationship within this universe any LGBTQIA plus representation, they don't really have much of that. And when they do, like in the television show, it is so poorly done and done for like titillation. So I just, that's a really big, that's one thing that I don't think they at all tackle any kind of, and there is a lot of misogyny, I think, in these films too. So, and not just attacking misogyny, but I think there is some misogyny going on in these too. Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today. Okay, well, I want to know, Kimberly. Do you believe that the purge could ever happen in real life? So no, but like maybe. So I'm not saying that like 
the new founding fathers are like the Republican Party, but the two do seem to want to solve violence with violence and like they don't care about poor people. Mm-hmm. And if maybe you asked me when um when Trump was in office, I would have been like, yes, yes. But um I feel like a lot of uh the brainwash juice has worn off and people are coming, you know, realizing things that they didn't realize before. So I don't think that um you would get enough people behind passing a law like this. So I don't think it would happen. But if it did, it would be complete slaughter. Like we would never recover. Like just from like property damage alone, we would never recover. And logically it wouldn't make sense because the rich people want to kill the poor people. But the poor people are the ones who do all the work. So like who's making your coffee the next day? You know, like (laughs) logically it wouldn't make sense. Like you can't kill the working class. You won't have a working class. So I don't think that it would work. But I think maybe some of the people who like still follow Trump would be like well let's give it a try so if you would have asked me in 2017 I would have been like oh yeah I could totally see a purge happening but but not not now no I I can't see one happening and hopefully knocks on all the wood we won't see one yeah (laughs) Susie I do unfortunately I'm I kind of do see this happening not like in like the sense that we're going to pass a law to allow this sort of chicanery to happen but i mean like in the sense that people will take it upon themselves to act complete fools as we all witnessed in 2021 during the terrorist attack on the u.s capitol because Mm -hmm. that's what it was let's be honest (laughs) let's call a spade a spade Mm -hmm. (laughs) when when people lost their their ever-loving minds and security and law enforcement sat there and did nothing absolutely nothing until they were like oh i guess we gotta get off our butts put down the donuts and start doing something oh ho yeah i do I, unfortunately i do see this happening not in like the sense that we pass law but that people just will the very the very sucky minority does unfortunately have ways of banding together and causing an the unhealthy and unproductive kind of chaos and unfortunately i do i do see that happening which is very sad but here's hoping that the good eggs the the sweet apples among us can you know do the things to put a stop to that kind of chicanery yeah i you know i'm kind of a mix of both kimberly and susie here because i do think you know that something like this could happen in the united states of especially if it was presented as a solution to the economic failures of the country kind of thing that's how it would be presented is oh you're struggling and you don't have anything right now and so we're going to present this as this is a solution to all your woes especially you know they would present it very much you know this is the way um, the Republican Party operates now. And and the thing is, is that we may not have that that horrible human being in the White House anymore, but the after effects of him, which actually it started way before him, like Sarah Palin and all of that kind of stuff, it's still there and there are still a bunch of people like that and there are still a bunch of politicians that are like that, that are like running right now. So remember, vote, vote, vote. Very important election coming up. So those people are still there and there's still the possibility I really hope there's a way that it won't be able to happen legally, but there is still the possibility that even Trump could run again. And it's like, oh, there's, 
there's so much in this that I don't necessarily think maybe that the killing part, making that legal could happen, but you never know. I mean, the way we're going, it could be certain groups they start with and be like, you know, if you aren't, you know, if you, if you like with abortion right now and a lot of that stuff, like I could see them going like, okay, you know, if you do that, then the ultimate punishment will be death, that kind of thing, or something like that. I, I really hope I'm wrong and this there is no way this could happen, but there's a part of me that believes some kind of, some kind of way of this could ha happen and would make a lot of people happy. And um, that is terrifying to me. That's really, I think, the scariest part of this concept is the fact that I watch these and I go, I could really see something like this happening. And I know a certain group of people would really love this and embrace it. And even think of it, I, I could even see people using it as like going to the Bible and saying this is even biblical in a way. You know, I could even see that because people use the Bible and any in lots of religions as an excuse to do horrific things. And the, the Republican Party, big portion of it, um, uses their religion as an excuse to do a lot of awful things, even though what they're doing is so un-Christ-like <laughs> that they would, they would, I will always say this, they would persecute Jesus if Jesus were alive today. Plus, Jesus is, was not a white man, so of course they're going to. So, um, but, and plus, Jesus would be standing with every single person they're persecuting so it's always blows my mind. But anyway, sorry, that's a little tangent there. But so that's kind of why I think that it could possibly happen is because of what this country is and the capitalism of it all and the structure. And there's so much divisiveness right now. And it's a very scary time. Very scary. I This to me is probably one of the scariest times of my lifetime in this country, everything feels very unsure and unsteady. And so, yeah, but I hope I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe we're, we're going to be wrong and there's no way this could happen. <laughs> <laughs> so now let's, let's go to something a little bit heavier here. We got a little heavy there. And let's go to Six Degrees of Finwit Rock. Now, I'm assuming both of you are playing. Am I correct? I did do one, yes. Okay, so Kimberly, how are you connecting Mr. Finn Wittrock to any of the Purge movies or the television series? So I started with Elizabeth Mitchell, because I love her. Um, so she was on Loss with Evangeline Lilly, who was an Ant-Man with Paul Rudd, who was in 200 Cigarettes with Ben Affleck, it's my favorite connection, <laughs> who was in Deep Water with Finn Wittrock. <laughs> you just like the snail propaganda of I it do all. <laughs> so much <laughs> back to the snail propaganda <laughs> always always back to the snails is that always. the third unofficial mascot just snails <laughs> <laughs> snails are our they're our um, secretary of I don't know secretary of state secretary <laughs> of state <laughs> So, Susie, how did you connect, Finn? Oh, I'm so excited. Listen, listen. this one and the one that I that I thought of for cults, I was 
very excited about. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. So I started with the OG Purge with Lena Headey, and she was in Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies, which people may or may not know is one of my favorite films, but that's beside the point. So she was in that movie with Suki Waterhouse, who was in Detective Pikachu with Justice Smith of Detective Pikachu fame, who was in The Voyeurs with Sydney Sweeney of Euphoria fame, and she was in 19th with Alexander Ludwig of Vikings, Hunger Games, Race to Witch Mountain fame, what, what have you. He was in Final Girl with Abigail Breslin. We all know her as Loma Sunshine. And, but she was in Signs with Merit Weber. I, I tried so hard to say this. Weber, yeah, Weber, who will know who people may or may not know. She was in New Girl as Schmidt's girlfriend, Elizabeth. But that's also beside the point. She was in Tony Kushner's 2011 off-Broadway play, The Illusion, with one, the only, Finn Whitrock. <laughs> Fun. The only, I loved that. Very good. <laughs> good. And I love when we can get Finn's theater work in. Um, you know, we had our first one during our Finn Whitrock trivia night. Which, if you didn't watch that, go watch that on YouTube. It was so much fun. Susie was there, um, and Jen, my podcast brain twin, was there, and then Paula, who is um, a you know honorary member of the Finn crew. I had her on there to try and redeem herself after she had failed miserably at one of the easiest <laughs> Finn Whitrock questions <laughs> on one of our horror trivia nights. So go watch that. It was really, really, really. A lot of fun and there was some theater used for our six degrees that we did during that so i used ethan hawk and ethan hawk was in the movie before the devil knows you're dead with philip seymour hoffman who was in death of a salesman on broadway with finn so i used theater too Susie. <laughs> oh my god listen is this like the theater week i also prepared I a theater one for for cults and I'm oh. very excited also about that one. I listen, I went theater like this, 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 this for these two. I was like, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, and also, and if you don't know, and if you're in the LA area uh, for the next month, uh, I believe it'll already be starting by the time this episode or a few days after this, uh, Finn Whitrock and a bunch of other people too. You've got Constance Wu Anna Camp are, um, and then now I can't remember the fourth person's name off the top of my head, but they are in a play in LA called 222 A Ghost Story, and your host is going to go see that play in November. I'm so excited as an early birthday journey, you know, gift for me. So I'm very excited to see Finn live on stage. And remember, if you want to play the listener version, uh, head on over to our website. It's a phantomthingpod.com. Click on the page called Six Degrees of Finn Whitrock and submit your findings there. Okay, well, I want to thank Susie and Kimberly again for what I think was a great conversation. It even got pretty deep and which I don't know why I was a little surprised by that because there is deep stuff that they're trying to talk about here. So I always like that too. I think horror is an incredible genre. So thank you both so much for being here. So Kimberly, if you want to just tell everybody where they can find you and your amazing podcast. Um, so you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. My handle is Kimplaints underscore NYC. Um, you can listen to my podcast, Big Reputations, wherever you get podcasts. 
Um, it is about women that we judge too harshly. And like I said, we're going to be covering Eartha Kit soon. So those episodes drop every other Wednesday. Um, you can find that on Twitter under Big Rep Pod or on Instagram at Big Reputations Pod. But it's also in my bio in either one of those. Awesome. Thank you so much. And Susie, where can they find you? Yes, I can be found on Instagram at the underscore crafting underscore cryptid. And within my my bio, I have linked my dog's Instagram at Benny underscore Velocita. And I can be found on the Blue Bird app, the, the tweeters, as the kids say, under the username at SusieQ underscore SC. Awesome. Thank you so much. And this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at EAprilBeauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at Facebook.com slash It's a Fandom Thing Pod. On Twitter at Fandom Thing Pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. On TikTok at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. If you have any feedback, show notes, if you'd like to be a potential interview guest on the show, please feel free to reach out to us at It's a Fandom Thing Pod at gmail.com. I didn't say the website that time, but you can also go to the website. It's a phantomthinkpod.com and click the contact us button there. And on our next episode, we're going to be rounding out horror month with a look at horror movies that are about cults. So Susie is going to be back for that one. And then Tiff, who hasn't been on in quite a while, is going to be joining us for that conversation as well. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black lives matter and stop Asian hate.